0: On the Internet yes, tonight, or on the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about the Internet.
1: Yeah, we're on the Internet. We want to talk about the Internet. Jay, we've been having a lot of technical trouble here, but we're trying to get it ironed out. And we've got a, a very important special guest who's ready to to give us some good insights into the Internet and the problems with it. And on the
0: program tonight, it's spiritual pitfalls in the cyber world. Don't go anywhere. We'll get started right after this.
2: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study
0: and we're on the virtual bible study for thursday july 13th 2017 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob Gwyn. my father greg Gwyn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you yeah good to be with you as well kyle's behind the board kyle welcome to the program It's good to be here. And my father-in-law, Nick Laws, is in town, and he's got a microphone tonight. Nick, uh, welcome back to the program. Good to be with you all. Glad to have you here. And uh, we're glad that you're on the other end of the line, and we'll look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. That's toll free. And the line is open, ready for your comments. Uh, you can send it, your emails to questions at com And you can sign in the chat room and chat with other listeners on the Virtual Bible Study tonight, whether you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're listening to us live, we're especially glad that you're here because you can help make the program better. So sign in and chat with other listeners on the program. Um, and uh, before we get into the program, we need to let our listeners know about a special event that we've got coming up about a week and a half from tonight.
1: All right. We've uh, got a very special event planned here in Columbia for Monday and Tuesday night, the 24th and 25th. That's just a week from next Monday night. We Every summer we have what we call our Community Bible Study. We try to have it on very important current issue kind of things. And this year... We think it's a really important topic. We're going to talk about the plague of pornography. That's going to dovetail very nicely uh, with our topic for discussion tonight. Art Adams, who's a gospel preacher in South Bend, Indiana, who's also a certified counselor in many uh, different realms, uh, is doing a lot of counseling work about addictive things, and in particular about pornography. And so we we've asked him to come. And so for those two nights, he's going to bring us important information about the plague of pornography. We're asking everybody who's anywhere close to a driving distance to Columbia, Tennessee, please come. Uh, it's not at our church building. It's at a public assembly hall near downtown, just two blocks west of the main square in Columbia, is the Memorial Building, and that's where this will be taking place. You won't want to miss it. We will try to stream it, Lord willing, on on YouTube, but uh, you'd rather be here in person. So don't stay away. If you can drive the distance, come. If you're just way too far away, uh, we'll try to get you hooked up with a live stream on YouTube. If we can do it, we're having all kinds of trouble yeah, with streaming tonight. Our, tra- <laughs> our track record may not be too
0: uh, confident there. But, hey, uh, we, we do want you to, to be a part of this. One way or the other, you'll want to hear the message. Uh, so be making plans to be a part of that. Check our website for more information. And questions at collegeu.com is the email address you can use if you've got questions about that event. And on the program tonight, I want to welcome Chase Byers to the program. Chase is joining us from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Chase, welcome to the virtual Bible study.
3: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
0: And uh, Chase is uh, is uh, twenty. Chase, you're twenty one. I guess you just turned twenty one, and um, recently preached a. Uh, I guess a couple weeks ago, preached a sermon on uh... spiritual pitfalls in the cyber world and uh... that got passed around facebook and uh... It made its way to our house and uh, we listened to it with uh, great interest and were impressed with your message and the things you had to say and so i reached out to chase uh... Uh, via my wife's Facebook account. He immediately responded and immediately
1: agreed Thanks, to come Chase. on the program. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for uh, joining us. And sorry for our delay to you and to our listeners. We're almost a half hour late really getting but this thing started. Most people
0: to this in the recording anyway, so you'll never know what
1: happens. Yeah. Uh, so Chase is 21 years old. Preaching for the Overland Church of Christ in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Uh, soon to be married. Lots of important things happening in Chase's life. But we appreciate you, Chase, for taking this The time to be with us on the virtual biosite for putting together this great information Mm -hmm. that, that we have, uh, about the dangers the spiritual pitfalls your title of your sermon spiritual pitfalls in a cyber world which I think is really a great uh, way to describe what's out there it's like a. It, we, we might also refer to it as a, the, the cyber world as a minefield there's all kinds of dangers and if you're not if you're not aware you're just going to get in great trouble
0: and Chase is interesting uh, that Chase is coming to this from a young person's perspective Chase born in 1996 uh, so this is after the internet it was out and being propagated and so chase uh, you don't know a time which in which the internet was not a part of your life
3: that is correct ever since i've been a kid in elementary school i was taking classes on computers
0: there you go yeah um and uh so tell us uh, give us some stats here to get us started chase on some of the, uh, the the magnitude of the issues that we're dealing with today
3: yeah a study from covenant eyes.com shows 93 percent of boys And 62% of girls are exposed to internet pornography before the age of 18.
1: That's pretty incredible because that's basically saying all your boys, in particular, all your boys and two thirds of your girls are seeing pornography.
3: Exactly so. And 70% of boys have spent more than 30 consecutive minutes looking at online pornography on at least one occasion.
1: Almost three fourths of boys. Have, have not just seen it casually but have actually engaged in prolonged viewing of pornography on the internet.
3: And it's obvious the way they're getting to this are by the smartphone and the computers that we're giving them without software. That's yeah. how they're getting to
1: it. Yeah, uh, which I think is particularly scary and and I, I, I guess gotta say and I, I, I don't I, and probably needs to be blunt parents if you're not, Trying to police what your kids are doing on the internet. If you're not paying attention, and even if you are, if you, you, you've got to be extra careful. But if you're if you're if you're not aware of these dangers and you're letting your kids have free and open access to the internet, uh, it's it's almost like spiritual child abuse. I suppose you could call it that. You could call that
0: okay. Uh, uh, Chase uh, and now you grew up in the church uh, in, in a household that uh, was uh, very. Uh, committed to the Lord's will and and knowing it and doing it uh, and you were around kids uh, who were brought up the same way among your peers uh, do you I mean, what how would you gauge the magnitude of the problem um, among the so-called church kids?
3: Well it's obviously a closet sin it's something you can hide really easily. And when you take into consideration, one of the things I did in the sermon I preached, it was just me and the parents, and I asked them, raise your hand if your kids have technology. And I said, keep your hands raised if you know your kids know more about that technology than you do. These kids know how to cover it up. We can't be naive towards that. That's that's really a good point. All of my friends.
1: That's a good point. In other words, we know the kids have got technology, and if we're honest, we know they know more about how to use it than we do. And so... That's got to factor into how you're regulating this because you're dealing with someone who's, as a parent, you're dealing with someone more knowledgeable than you are about the Internet and how to use the Internet, how to use these electronic devices. And so uh, the challenge is is really out there for parents, for sure. Now, Chase, the 93% of boys and
0: 62% of girls who were exposed to this on the Internet before the age of 18 uh, that's not a statistic for just the church kids. If you had to put a percentage on it of those that you've had contact with and growing up, what kind of percentages might you put on that? Of kids in the church. Okay,
3: so I, yeah, I can only speak for the young men because those are the ones I can talk to about it without, you know, overstepping some boundaries. But I would say some of these men's camps I go to, I would be shocked. If not at least seventy five percent of these boys haven't already seen internet pornography by the time they're eighteen, I would be downright shocked, even in the church
1: okay all right and and, and uh, following up on that we, we, we're going to talk more about parental controls. What percent of parents in the church do you think are trying to exercise some degree of parental control over what their kids see uh on on the internet?
3: I would say
1: about 25%. Unbelievable.
3: I, I would say about 25%.
1: And even among those who are, what percent would you guess maybe the kids are still getting some stuff that they shouldn't get?
3: Almost all of them. Oh, 100%. Because, so percent yeah,
1: only about 25% of parents are even trying to control what their kids see on the Internet. And even when they do, your estimate is that the kids are still seeing stuff they shouldn't see a hundred percent of them effectively okay
3: right and i I think i think they're still getting now here's the thing i think a hundred percent of them are still seeing things they shouldn't see now some of these kids because they're godly kids they're running away from it and they're going to tell their parents about it but i think it's still slipping through the cracks one way or the other
1: yeah yeah that's a good way to put it all right okay uh,
0: the, the statistics are uh, staggering, um, and yet um, these are not new sins, Chase.
3: What's that now?
0: The, this, I said the statistics are staggering with the new technology, but the sins are old, as old as the Bible exactly itself.
3: Exactly so. Exactly so.
0: And so there are biblical principles here that we can apply in the, the digital age we live in.
3: Exactly. And one of the things I did, I started off in in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, and the writer comes to the conclusion, of course, so there is nothing new under the sun, and he says, see this, is it new? It has already existed for ages, he says in verse 10. And it's just the same thing with technology. All of these things have been for years. It's just the way we're handling it needs to change.
1: And and would you agree with me, Chase, that while it's all... The sins are old. The temptations are old. There's more access to it now than there ever has been in the past. I mean, I, I didn't grow up in the technology age when I was a young man. If you wanted to view pornography, you had to go to the drugstore and look at the newsstand, or you, you had to get out. Right. And, you had to get out in public somewhere and actually run the risk of someone seeing you look at the dirt. We called them dirty yep. magazines. But now, yeah. as you you, you you earlier referenced, this is a closet kind of thing. Now, uh, I can do it at home on the internet or on my smartphone, and nobody even knows. I think. I, I, I deceive myself into imagining maybe no one knows, but but the fact of the matter is people do know, and 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 that is being tracked. Correct?
3: You're exactly right. Now here's the thing: I can I can guarantee you, on the smartphones we have today, just a little bit of training on them, you can learn how to get access to pornography and then make it go poof, and it's gone for good. Yeah. No one else is going to know about it. Yeah. And your parents, the kids, even their parents aren't going to know about it. They can find a way to completely erase it. But one thing we forget about is what the Bible says, and it says our thoughts are but a mere breath to God. We don't think about the fact that God sees all of those things.
0: So from a young person's perspective, I think we've already heard your perspective, but what are the parents' responsibilities here?
3: Okay. I've got a few things I can say about that. But to put it as precisely as I can, if you can afford to purchase these things for your children, then you should be able to afford the proper security features to add to these devices. Now, I believe that's imperative for the parents to see. All right.
1: you, you, you've got a little resource, and I will put this uh, on our uh, webpage after the program, uh, some software that is available to try and help parents. Uh, uh, tell us just a little bit about that, Kyle. Or, uh, um, Chase.
3: Right. There's several different programs you can install on your children's laptops, iPads, and on their smartphones that disable all Internet access except through that one app. This particular program is called Covenant Eyes. And essentially what it does, it completely gives them the ability to access the Internet, do the research they need to do only being able to do it through the app, and every day the parents get an email telling them what the kids have accessed. Now, this would require them to disable all Internet access from the apps already installed in the phone, so they would have to set up some passwords that the kids don't know. But it gives the kids the ability to use the smartphone for research and homework because homework requires the computer now and Internet. It's just the way it is now. And we can't neglect that. I understand that, but we need to safeguard. So that's Covenant Eyes. Then there's another one called Q Studio that I highly recommend. It's free for one device. You can go to qstudio.com to learn more and, and look at some videos. But it's more of a lockdown than Covenant Eyes is. I would highly recommend it for our, say, 7- and 8-year-olds who have tablets and things like that. It'll just keep them from seeing anything they don't need to see
1: and that's spelled kind of funny. If you if you are listening and you want to search for that, I'll put a link up later. But it's q u s t o d i o, q u s t o d i o dot com is the one you're talking about there. Q Studio, but it's spelled funny. So so those are good ones for control. We've heard about another one that you mentioned in your resource, Open DNS. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about that yes. one.
3: Okay, that one was actually recommended to me by a preacher by the name of Dan Lankford at Eastland Church of Christ. Uh, essentially what that is, I believe, is a web browser um, that kind of filters through all the garbage. It's called, uh, when you open up the program, it says security, behind, or security beyond the firewall. Um, and it's more applicable for business computers and things like that. Okay. But it's, uh, it's very trusted.
1: Yeah, we've heard of Open DNS, and one of our guys here at the local congregation has, has had some experience with that one. And then one more, is, uh, and I've heard of this one. I've not had any experience with it, but you talk about VidAngel.
3: Yeah, VidAngel is a fantastic program. This isn't going to be for your Internet and for your tablets and your smartphones, but this is going to be for the movies and the TV shows your kids might be watching. It has different filters on it, and it's actually linked up with Amazon.com, And you can filter through language, nudity, things like that. It already has an access and a a function built in for whatever movie or TV show you're going to watch. Now, that's not for every movie and TV show, but it covers quite a few of them. Yeah. Now,
1: just for clarification, Chase, none of these resources are absolutely foolproof. In other words, uh, uh, there's a possibility that there still could be a breakdown and and... – Our kids see something we don't want them seeing, yeah. but I mean, you got if, if. But at least these are some precautions that you can start to take, right?
3: Oh, absolutely! You, you've hit it right on the head. These are only precautions. These things are not going to solve the root of the problem. So, the root of the problem behind pornography, as we all know, is the heart. There's a heart problem, something that needs to be solved. But these steps will help us. In our steps to overcome it, and to yeah. And so if my if my teenage
1: time. son wants to see pornography, and I've got his device, or maybe even remove his device completely. He doesn't even have one, or I've got it locked down so tight that you know Einstein couldn't break through. Uh, but his buddy has got a, a completely unsecured iPhone, and and when they're off by themselves, he can see everything and anything. So so, and, and so as you say, if I if I haven't got my teenager's heart right. All the precautions in the world is not going to keep him from looking for Let's argument. take
0: a break, and we'll get back, Chase. I'm interested in hearing your uh, comments on that. How do we prepare our children, getting their hearts right, getting them prepared to be resistant to this temptation? Uh, we'll look forward to hearing your, your thoughts on that. And we want to hear from you as well at 877-381-4567, questions at com. If you've got a comment or question, send it in the chat room if you're listening to us live. We'll get a break and get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this.
2: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this.
1: Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great. I'll see you there.
3: Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by the College of Church of Christ.
1: Here's some quotes worth pondering. Deciding not to obey, at least not to obey right now, is still making a decision. A clean conscience makes a soft pillow. A loose tongue often gets its owner into a tight place. You'll never get ahead of anyone as long as you're trying to get even with them. Attitudes determine actions. You are not what you think you are, instead what you think you are. We are either the masters or the victims of our attitudes. It's a matter of personal choice, blessing or curse. Man, wish I'd said that.
2: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3, 17. Now back to the program. Back on
0: the program tonight as we talk about spiritual pitfalls in the uh, cyber world, talking with Chase Byers from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, a young man uh, who's pre- presented an excellent material on this subject from a young person's perspective. And Chase, before with the program we talked about Getting our kids' heart right, and I think we, we, that that part of that uh, preparation is we need to teach us the, the the scriptural truth on this idea of lasciviousness, and I th- it's a it's a it's a concept that's foreign to the world around us. And yeah,
1: I don't think you'd hear if you you could listen to people talk, uh, you could listen to the radio, the TV, you could read your newspaper, you'd never come across the word lasciviousness. You would
0: never come across it, but I'm afraid you wouldn't even the concept. Would be totally foreign yeah. uh, to the world, and sadly, some Christians as well.
1: Define it for us, Chase. Tell us what what is lasciviousness, and why is it so important for Christians to understand that word?
3: Absolutely. You know, one of the one of the resources I used in the sermon was the King James version. The King James version uses the word lasciviousness. Our newer versions do not. And of course, it's listed as one of the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter five, in verse nineteen. Lasciviousness is simply unrestrained behavior, indecency, unbridled lust, filthy words, indecent bodily movements, unchaste handling of males and females. And that can be reflected in the way we talk and the way we sit and walk, dress, and move. So without a doubt, pornography is included in that list of of things that lasciviousness is defined as.
1: All right, I think that's exactly especially the idea of, unbridled lust that's that that really captures the idea of pornography i think the uh indecent bodily movements and the unchaste handling of males and females describes what modern dancing is all about so this is really an important word and i think a lot of times christians just read over that and don't really pay attention to it but that's a significant word and and in, the, in that listing of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, it says people who do these things are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. So it's going to, doing this sort of stuff will keep you out of heaven.
0: Right. There's just no doubt about and we're it. We're in a world where it's so pervasive
1: that uh, people are becoming desensitized to lasciviousness. Exactly right. Exactly right, and, and I fear that all of us as Christians living in the modern world have sort of developed calluses about yeah. this. You know, it right. doesn't offend us like it should, yeah. like it would have even just a few years ago, because there's so much of it out there. Right. It's a good a good warning for us.
0: Now, Chase, uh, one of the things you mentioned in your sermon is the idea of accountability. Explain that to us.
3: Absolutely, accountability is something very important to the Christian faith, and one thing I believe parents don't always see is they not only have a responsibility to keep their kids accountable because they're the parents, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, of course, but when your kid is a Christian, you have a responsibility to keep them pure. Proverbs 27 and verse 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, iron, so one man sharpens another. And one of the ways we like to use this verse is to say, well, brother so-and-so is a good song leader, And I'm not, so I want him to help me. And I think that's a good way to apply it. But I think it's more complex than that. We're to watch out for each other. And if there's another brother or sister sinking in the pit of pornography or a child is tempted with those things, then it is our job as their family, not only in this world but also in heaven. It's not the world's job. It's their family's job to hold them accountable for this.
0: And uh, and you mentioned some of the software to help with that. What other uh, things should parents be doing uh, along the lines of accountability?
3: Okay, absolutely. Number one, I believe it would be an, a good question to ask yourself. And you have to be honest. I, I grew up with a smartphone, so let's ask this question. Do my kids need a smartphone? Do they need to have an iPad for what they're doing? And if they do need Internet access, how about get them a desktop? And keep it out in the open where it can be viewed by everybody in the living room or somewhere in the open. Don't shut the kids in the room with the devices at night.
0: Now, this was this this was
3: that might be dangerous.
0: This was TVs in the bedroom
1: in your day back. When when I was a young preacher, Chase, I was assigned the topic of preaching about the dangers to Christians that television posed. Uh, so oh, okay. it, we've come a long way since then. Uh, uh, and, and a, lot of the, a lot of the kids that we're talking about who are using uh, their, their laptops and their smartphones probably don't spend a lot of time in front of a TV. But back in that day, I made the point, and it's the same point you're making. I made the point, that parents, if you let your kids have their own TV in their own room and make their own decisions about what they're watching I can guarantee they're watching the wrong things. And I would say the same thing about a parent who lets a a child have a a device that accesses the Internet, have it in their own room, let them make their own choices about what they're seeing. Uh, It's an absolute guarantee they're going to be seeing the wrong things. Right.
3: Right. And I think more than anything, the things I just suggested, keeping the stuff in the open, you know, those are all good suggestions. But more than anything, we need to study with our kids about this. Sure, if I, study, study passages like Psalm 101 and verse three. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. We, we have to talk to them about making a commitment to godliness and purity of mind and heart.
1: Absolutely, I, I've known I've known Christians who have even had that. Uh, um, Maybe print it out and stick it on the monitor of their, of their computer. Yep. I will set no worthless yep, thing I've for them. That too. And I think that's really good. I mean, we've got to keep that constantly in mind. Uh, but, but I really do think that if, if I'm a parent and I've got a young person in my home and I haven't talked with them about this, uh, that I haven't tried to maintain channels of communication, there's, there's, this is a big problem. Fathers need to be talking to their sons. Right. Uh, mothers to their daughters and and all the way around right. we, we need to this needs to be a topic that is out in the open we under. we all aware of the dangers we're talking about what can happen and chase
0: i think you mentioned in your sermon that uh, we need to be careful about being lulled in some type of false sense of security here that are thinking that our kids are too good to fall victim to this
3: oh absolutely one of the points i make in the sermon too Parents, if you're not holding your account, if you're not holding your kids accountable, who do you think is going to on the day of judgment?
1: Exactly right.
3: So hold, I think it would be worth holding them accountable now rather than when they have to face the, uh, face the judge for what they've done.
0: Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at college dot If you'd like to talk with Chase tonight, we encourage your call. We welcome your comments in the chat room as
1: well. I want, I want to go back, Chase, and want you to just repeat the, the, st- the stats, which I think were so st- stunning uh, earlier. You think 70% of of young men in the church have seen and are seeing pornography only about...
3: I think in one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And only about 25% of parents of teenagers are trying to do anything to control that. But even among those who are trying to control it, the kids that are still, even the kids whose parents are trying to control what they see, are still being exposed, 100% of them are still being exposed to things they probably shouldn't be seeing. It's it's a huge, huge problem.
3: Yeah, it, and I don't mean that in the sense the kids, all of them, I do believe all of them are going to be exposed to it. I don't think all of them are going to act in a bad way towards it. Some of them will act in godliness and Right, but exactly. things are going to slip through the cracks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay, really good. Really good information there. All right. So
0: so basically, and and it's true of every sin, our our kids are going to be exposed to a plethora of of temptations and sins. We've got to be training them, actively training them, to be prepared to deal with them in a a way that God would have them deal with the the temptation. We're not going to be able to keep our kids in a bubble where they're not going to be able to be tempted by anything. They're going to be tempted by drugs, alcohol, pornography, And the other things we're going to talk about tonight, we've got to make sure we're going to limit that exposure, obviously. We don't send our kids uh, into bad neighborhoods where drugs are going to be everywhere, but they're going to be exposed. How are we going to prepare them to deal with the temptation in the way that God would have them to deal with it? So we've got to be prepared. We've got to protect, but realize that our protection is not going to be foolproof. And for those times when it does slip through the cracks, we've got to be
1: prepared with their defenses so that they're able to withstand the temptation. Exactly right. Okay. Um, let's move a little bit further down this uh, chain uh, chase. Talk to us about texting and 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 this new word that has been coined sexting, and Snapchat. And tell us, to, uh, I, I think probably most of our listeners are familiar with those terms. But sort of give us a, from a spiritual perspective where, where where this all fits into the the cyber pitfall area.
3: Okay, so texting, of course, as we know, is sending instant messages back and forth from one phone to another. Sexting is when you're sending pictures of yourself, nude ones, to someone else of the opposite sex when you shouldn't be. That's what they call sexting. And then what kids are doing now is called Snapchat. Now, Snapchat is defined as this. A mobile messaging service from Snap, Inc., that sends a photo or video to someone that lasts only up to 10 seconds before it disappears. And when I say it disappears, I mean it disappears from the app and no one can longer see it.
1: So So now, why why, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to send a picture to someone that would only last for 10 seconds and then it disappears? Why would I even think about doing that?
3: I haven't the slightest idea (laughs) other than what it might mean. Now. Kids are using this for fun to make, you know, social media funny little videos and things like that. And um, but if I it's if it's, a, if, it's a, it.
1: if it's not an, if it's not a sinful thing, if it's not an evil thing, if I make a funny video, I don't want it to disappear in ten seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, if if, if I if, if I do a video of me standing on my head. And it's funny. You want that thing to go viral? I want it it to probably
0: go, would if you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if if I'm specifically interested in something, a picture or a video, uh, and I and I want it to disappear just as soon as it gets out there, I want to send it to somebody, but then I want it to be gone. So I got to say that Snapchat in itself. Seems specifically designed, but to avoid accountability, to avoid accountability, and for the evil intentions yeah. uh, that we're talking about tonight. Would you agree, Chase?
3: I, I agree. I think kids are. I think far more kids are using it for evil, or people in general are using it for evil than good.
1: Yeah. So uh, again, parents, and again, probably most of the parents listening know about this sort of thing. But uh, if your kid has got Snapchat, our big question would be why and for what reason.
3: All right. Let's, oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Chase. You had a
0: thought
3: there. Yeah, I just I think um, it needs to be known, too. In the locker room, guys aren't talking about what the girl was wearing that day. They're looking at pictures of those poor young women because she sent them of herself. Yeah. Right. That's what our Christian kids are faced with right now.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not just the kids in the world. Uh, you hear about it with kids in the church that are passing around these pictures of the of that have been sent to them by the girls or by the boys, and uh, and uh, it's a challenge even with those who are claiming
1: to be Christians. Uh, the influences are there, and it's a, certainly a scary thing. Yeah, and and it just it, again, I think ultimately what it comes to is we've got to get their hearts right. Uh, because if the heart's not right and the temptation's there, they're going to be victim of it. All right. 877-381-4567. Let's get
0: our bottom-of-the-hour break and get our bullet point for tonight. And when we get back, we'll continue to talk with Chase. Uh, We've got more to talk about. We're getting the young person's perspective, and it's very valuable tonight for those of us that are young and also for those of us that are parents on how we need to be prepared to deal with the challenges of the digital age. We'll take your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon
2: every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the Virtual Bible Study right after these important messages. This
1: is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. In every healthy congregation, you'll find certain people that comprise the essential heart and soul of the church note these are the people who are always present at the assemblies they make it a point to never miss any of the services if it's necessary to make changes adjust schedules suffer inconvenience or simply miss out on other activities they will do so because they are committed to being present every time the doors are open these folks actually look for If there's work to be done, Bible classes to be taught, weak members to be encouraged, sick folks to be visited, menial chores to be fulfilled, they will step up and get the job done. They're not waiting to be told what to do. Instead, they're searching for more and more that can be accomplished. In matters of personal purity and morality, these people are setting a worthy example. They don't look for loopholes to justify untoward behavior. Rather, they go the extra mile to make sure that there's not even an appearance of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. In the clothes they wear, the language they use, the places they go, the movies and TV that they watch, these brethren are determined to do the right thing. Most surveys indicate that 80% of what's contributed in any church comes from about 20% of the membership. The kind of people we're describing here are among that 20%. They are truly sacrificial in their giving. When conflicts arise in the church, these people can be counted on to help make resolution. They are not the sort to get their feelings hurt easily. Instead, they work hard to address situations that, unheeded, could lead to serious division. They stand firmly and without compromise for the truth. They love their brethren, and they care about the church. More could be said, but the picture is pretty clear. Local churches depend on these members. In fact, without them, a congregation will never prosper. Now, the simple question is this. Are you one of these essential church members? That's this week's bullet point. Think
2: about it. I'm Michael, good I'm four years old, and, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program. We're back on
0: the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and find out more about the special event we've got coming up in about a week and a half at our website. You'll want to be a part of that. We're, We're talking with Chase Byers from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky tonight, 21 years old, and he's got some valuable perspectives from a young person. On how we can keep ourselves pure in this evil world, and as well as train up our children to be pure and protect them from the wickedness that surrounds us.
1: Yeah, uh, and again, Chase talked earlier about some uh, some extra helps that can be employed to yeah. control uh, our electronic devices: Covenant Eyes, Q Studio, Open DNS, VidAngel, and I'll get those links up on our webpage right away. Thank you.
0: All right, uh, Chase. Uh, One of the things we talked about is the fact that we're not going to be able to shelter our kids from every temptation, and so we've got to be training them and working on their heart at a young age.
3: Oh, that's absolutely right. One of my favorite passages when we think about training children, Proverbs 22 and verse 6, says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I believe it's imperative to see here the time to start training our kids against Internet temptation. Not when they've went through puberty and those kinds of changes in their lives. I think it's crucial to see the time to start training them is when they're young. They know that when they get a new device, software is going to go on it to keep them from seeing the things that they should not see. And they should know by the time that they get older that these potential temptations are not going to be ones that are going to get them. They know what is coming.
0: So you're training them from a young age that there is some accountability, that there are dangers, and it's not just uh, you know, we're not just walking blind through the world around us, that we're actually aware that there are dangers, and we're teaching our kids that from an begin- early age.
3: Right. And I think we all need to ask ourselves this, this question right here and think about this, okay? We, we don't want our kids one day to think to themselves, I wish my parents would have done a better job. Keeping me accountable in in the cyber world.
0: Do you know any kids? That we are, don't
3: want do, our kids doing
0: that. Do you know any kids that are at that point in their life right now?
3: Oh, oh I, I know, and it's it's a problem now, probably with guys and girls my age. But if we don't get a cap on it, we're going to have way more kids like that. The future of the church, yeah, in about ten or fifteen years.
1: Very important, very important point to make there. Um, you know, kids. Uh, maybe i i'm i'm sure there's some people who might listen to this and say oh that's just overreactionary you know the little kids are not at danger and we don't have to worry about how many of those though have have seen a a 2-year-old pick up a smartphone and run through it like they 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 know how to run those things. they know how to run them better than i do uh, and so they're getting little ones are getting real early exposure to these electronic devices. So if we're going to if we're going to let them play with the smartphone, we better start talking to them pretty early about there's things on here we don't do. Yeah. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five three seven. The chat
0: room is silent as can be tonight. We want to hear from you in the chat room as well share your thoughts with other listeners what are you doing to protect your children uh have you seen the dangers firsthand and uh, what are some of the consequences of failing to protect our children and train our children we want to hear from you in the chat room uh, tonight
1: all right so uh, cal keep moving us forward here uh We've talked about pornography, obviously. We've talked about sexting, Snapchat, that sort of thing. All of these are tremendous dangers. But there's probably some other things, and I know in your sermon you talked about some other things that would not necessarily fall in that same category, and we kind of think of those things as sexual immorality. The lasciviousness uh, that we uh, the about. The lasciviousness, right. But there, the, the, the Internet and these devices... Are being used for other forms of evil as well.
3: Oh, absolutely! And one of those forms is slander, or gossip, or cursing. And one of my favorite passages to go to um, to kind of lay this out is in Ephesians chapter four, uh, verses twenty-five to thirty-two. And when you read through all those things, we see it talking about kind words to one another. Um, and in reference to the different ways that the Ephesians were maybe slandering each other or slandering others. But I think it's imperative to see, if you look over at Ephesians chapter 4 and you look at verses 30 to 32, Paul makes a very bold statement. He says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. But in turn, listen to verse 32. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all of these forms of social media give way to the kind of sin that we see listed in verse 31. The bitterness, the wrath, the anger, clamor, and the malice. So, with this being said, like we said from the from the start of the program, we need to understand that social media is not always used in that way. But I believe there's two potential dangers with this, and I'll pause for anything y'all would like to say before I before I handle those two things. Well,
0: no, keep going because you're on a good train of thought. We'll we'll come into the end, but go, keep keep go, keep keep going with what you're going with there.
3: Okay, so there's two potential dangers I think we're faced with with social media and our children in particular. Number one, it's handling conflict. I believe social media gives us the ability to not handle conflict the way that God requires us as Christians to handle conflict. Jesus gave us a Bible pattern on how to handle conflict and to make peace with our brethren. And in Matthew 18 and verse 15, Matthew 18 and verse 15, Jesus says there, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. You know, when we get behind a computer screen, somehow we become bulletproof. We start saying things that we would never say to someone's face. And yep. Jesus here in Matthew 18 and verse 15 says, Go to your brother and talk to him about it. But kids are growing up with this being a way to yeah. so slander when we, that person on Facebook.
1: We've been hearing that even sociologists, even secular uh, counselors are uh, raising some alarms because people are losing the skill of personal interaction uh being able to converse face to face uh and and that's a bad thing when it comes to these important spiritual principles that talk about our responsibilities to one another interpersonally uh we're losing the skill to interact with each other interpersonally. But
0: the passages you referenced there in Ephesians chapter 4 are applicable in the spoken word as well as the typed word, Chase. And we need to remember that, that we've, we're accountable for the things that we type as well as the things that we say.
3: Absolutely.
1: Uh, so so this this reducing face to face communication skills is a problem that that does not bode well for the kind of interrelationships that God wants his people to have we
0: 've heard about people who take their disagreements so chase as you mentioned, to Facebook or to some other platforms online and uh, air out all kinds of dirty laundry that has a negative impact on those that they're talking about, but it has an impact on the church as well, uh, uh, who taking their disagreements with their brethren to a public format like this and uh, saying all kinds of slanderous yeah, things.
1: I was just recently approached by a, a fellow f- uh, from a, a congregation in another part of the state of Tennessee who was really alarmed because this has been happening. Uh, in, instead of following biblical pattern for resolving conflict, they've been taking this out on social media and, and blowing it up. And and I hadn't really even thought about the, the the potential for that, but it is a real issue. Yeah. All right.
0: Chase. Uh, One the, of the things too. Go oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chase. I think you're you're getting to it now. Go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to add on this point of uh, handling conflict. I feel for elders because they have a whole other line of responsibility now they've not only got to be accountable yeah. for their sheep out in the world they've got to be accountable for their sheep on social
2: media
0: i've thought about that but i guess an L- a, yeah. a prudent shepherd would be uh surfing the facebook profiles and uh, feeds to find out what's going on with the flock
3: right
1: um
3: really a so problem another in- danger we go, no, ahead. go ahead no no go ahead Another danger I think we face or our children will face with social media in particular, of course, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. I believe another temptation, another danger they're facing is going to be cyberbullying. Now, cyberbullying is simply a form or a platform that kids in middle school and high school are slandering each other on each other's timelines or in front of everyone else behind a smartphone or a computer screen. And I want to read just a few statistics about cyberbullying. Number one, 7.5 million Facebook users are under 13 years old. Wow. 81% of teens say bullying online is easier to get away with. And 4,500 kids commit suicide each year. And twenty percent of kids cyberbullied are thinking about suicide. One in ten actually attempted. Suicide is the number three killer of teens in the U.S.
1: So yeah, so we, we we'd need, like to we think this to is not. A, yeah, I, I think a lot of parents would think, well, that's not a big deal. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not particularly worried about that. But it, the the stats indicate it is a thing to be worried about for sure.
3: Oh, without a doubt, if your kids are on social media, there's a, when you face the facts. Either our kids are going to be cyberbullied. Or they are the cyber bully, and we don't like to think about that second part. Yeah. <laughs> my kid would never be the cyber bully, but we can't fool ourselves. We need to keep our uh, uh, tight eye on our kids.
0: Now, those of us that are older, when we were kids, uh, you know, the bullying took place, and I, and but it wasn't that big a deal. I think you could get away from it. You you saw the you saw the bully coming across the playground, and you could go the other way. But it's a lot harder to get away from it when you're online.
3: Oh, that's a fantastic point. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to get away from because it's it's really a sense of pride for a kid to have a social media account, and it's going to take quite a bit for them to lock it down and just walk away from it.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, The scriptures, though, are very clear about how we need to uh, use our tongue and our keyboard in these areas. Chase?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I believe um, one of the passages I think about, Proverbs 17, verse 27 says, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. How many people can say that they have seen this apply to some of their friends on Facebook?
1: A lot of stuff said there. Some of their
3: friends. Go ahead.
1: There's just a lot of stuff said there that would be lots better left unsaid.
3: Exactly. A lot of times our brethren, or even us, we post something, and we come off looking like a fool. We would have been better to keep
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Um, and uh, we've got to train our kids uh, along these lines, Chase, and so not only do we need to be aware of the dangers, how do we train our children?
3: I believe one of the ways we can train our children is just helping them see the need for uh, constant checking up on ourselves, um, be, holding our own selves accountable. But look at your kid's social media account. If your kid gets a Facebook, you need to get a Facebook. If your kid gets an Instagram, you need to get an Instagram. And so, something I mentioned in the, in the sermon, kids aren't on Facebook anymore. They're, it's they're, becoming unpopular. Going, yeah. Well, yeah, all the old people got on Facebook, so kids are moving away from it. They're on Instagram now and Twitter. So keep an eye on your kids. See what they're posting. Um, don't be foolish.
1: All right, that's really good.
0: All right, we're Uh going to get one more break, and then we're going to finish up with Chase. And, Chase, we've got a lot of ground to cover still, so we hope our listeners will stay with us. And we'll look forward to your comments in the chat room. We're going to take a break and go to the top of the hour right after this.
2: After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break.
0: Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again.
3: Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it.
0: (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm
1: gay. And at 9 o'clock.
0: It's the show that television magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN.
1: I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others' sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. More babies are born to unmarried mothers than ever before. Unmarried women accounted for 41% of births in 2011, up from just 5% in 1960. In 2011, 72% of births to black women were to unmarried mothers, 53% of births to Hispanic women, and 29% of births to white women. That information is via the Pew Research Center. The Word of God says in Hebrews 13, verse 4, Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge.
2: We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program.
0: And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about uh, spiritual pitfalls in the cyber world. We're talking with Chase Byers from uh, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, uh, about this important subject. And uh, before the break, we were talking about cyberbullying. That's something that children need to be aware of, parents need to be aware of, uh, and by all means, parents need to be showing a good example in this area. And uh, sometimes the parents have the hot head and the children learn from that. Uh, don't be the bad example to your kids in the area of bullying or uh, or saying things that you wouldn't say to others to their face. Make sure that you are setting the proper example. Now, on to uh, additional problems that you see, Chase, in the cyber world. Uh, the problem of addiction and obsession. Explain that one to us.
3: Yeah, so I think not only do we have the problem with sexual immorality in the cyber world, not only do we have the problem with social media and the cyber world and the way our kids are handling conflict, I think it's obvious to see that our kids are being addicted or obsessed with the cyber world. And what I mean by that is the many different sources they have, the many different things, the devices they have, are an addicting nature. Let's consider what Paul says about things that addict us or master us. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, one of the passages many preachers and many Christians know is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Paul gives us a list of things that will result in us not inheriting the kingdom of God. He lists things like uh, people who are fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, homosexuals, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, all of these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. And one of the things that dumbfounds me about that list is how many of those sins can become addicting. (coughs) But we often stop at verse 11 and don't read verse 12. Paul says in verse 12, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything so nothing can have authority over us except christ and if all authority has been given to christ and it has we cannot leave room for something else to have authority over us and the things that do have authority over us have been ordained by god elders our parents the government even in romans chapter 12 and 13 but our kids are facing addiction every day of their lives and it's not just drugs and alcohol. There are other forms in modern technology and in the cyber world that are stealing our children. The first, of course, is video games. Alright. My sister-in-law is a school teacher, and I'll, I'll tell you all something she said in just a bit. Do you all have anything you want to add?
0: No, no, go ahead. Let us know about these video yeah. games.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So my sister-in-law's been teaching grade school, uh, excuse me, uh, elementary school for some years now. And I was just interviewing her, asking her, what do you think about video games? And and she gave me a lot of information on what she thought, but I want to share something that she said. She said, I've almost taught every grade in elementary school, um, and I've seen what video games can do to kids. Because parents let their kids play video games all the time and sometimes at night, I can see these kids playing a video game in their head. I cannot teach them what I need to teach them because their head is in a video game. And my sister-in-law isn't just going on some rant about video games that's irrelevant. Her point is, it's the obsession that's irritating. Now, as a kid who grew up in the cyber world, I enjoyed video games. I never quite became obsessed with them. In fact, when I got to college, I got rid of my, my Xbox so it wouldn't be a temptation. But video games can be a good thing. They can jog the brain and even challenge the kid. Some are gross, immoral, and disgusting, um, and we need to keep a tab on that. But my sister-in-law's testimony here needs to be related to something else. What about our children's Bible classes? What chance does a kid have to learn about Jesus Christ when their head is stuck in a video game?
1: Yeah, because we've sort of wired them to be uh, stimulated by... A certain kind of thing. I, 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 I again years ago. I, I sort of made the same point about television. We, we've trained our, our minds to be stimulated by something, and now Bible classes, worship services, they come across as sort of boring to people because it's, it's not the you know the uh, same kind of st- st- stimulus that you get from a video game or from a, a, an electronic device.
3: And one thing I don't think we always consider the violent and gruesome video games our kids are playing, the horror that are in them, yep. and the movies that we watch that are so gross, are we <laughs> foolish to think that it's not desensitizing us towards what our Lord and Savior went through?
0: Absolutely. And uh, the, and God is very repulsed at violence, and uh, we must have that same uh, repulsion. And yet I think, Chase, what people think is, well, it's just a video game. The kid, it's, it's innocent. Right. The kids, you know, they're... Throwing so chainsaws at that guy. They're, I've actually they're shooting heard, up this guy. It's not. I've it's actually a heard game.
1: people say, well, it's, it's R-rated, but it's just violence. Yeah. As though that's okay. You know, the, 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 the movie maker had it rated R for a reason. But we, we think it's okay as long as the R rating is because of violence and not because of some sexual content. Right. And, and that's just foolishness. All right. Chase, what about uh, what about some problems
0: with the television and the movies, and maybe some of the videos that the kids are watching on their smartphones?
3: or movies—that's that, a great point to bring up. The same kind of thing can be said about them as well. They they can they can become very very addicting to our kids. Um, you know, one of the things I don't think parents always think about—just because it's animated—doesn't make it a clean. TV show for our kids to watch there are many animated TV shows and movies out there now that are not good for kids to watch but we need to see let them. Or we need to help them see what's really important getting our kids in a habit of Bible study at home and seeing that the television and that the movies those aren't what we should be spending our evenings doing no. there's only one way our kids are going to be able to see that they got to see it for mom and dad there you, amen. The media is painting a horrible picture for us in the TV shows and the movies. We see this scene played over and over again. The father comes home from work. He sits down in his recliner. He ignores his kids and his wives. He cracks open a beer, and what does he do? Turns on the television. Watches it all night until he passes out and goes to sleep. Now, in the Christian community and in the Christian world, in the church... Maybe he's not cracking open a beer, but maybe that scenario is pretty familiar.
2: Yeah. I Some think you're right.
3: One of the right. most memorable moments for, I think, a kid is to see their dad coming home or their mom coming home from a long day at work, but still sitting down to read their Bible and to get ready for Bible class or something of that nature.
1: Yeah. a uh, Very good point. Very good point. So we're just out of time, Chase. We've kept you longer than we intended to tonight because of our technical troubles, but... uh Man, you got a lot of good information here. Uh, give us, a, give us
0: your final, best argument, best encouragement uh, that you'd have for. Let's start with. Let's start with the children, Chase. What would you say to the children that are listening tonight?
3: Okay, uh, children, if, if you're listening tonight, I want you to know, although your parents might not be doing everything that they could be, pray that they will continue to strive to hold you accountable. Pray for your parents. Pray for yourself, get yourself in the book, and learn how to keep yourself accountable as well.
0: Excellent comments. And uh, now to the parents, Chase. Uh, From the young person's perspective, what, what do parents need to hear tonight?
3: Parents, guard your children. Show them that you are protecting their souls and take the necessary steps to protect them from these things. It is your job to hold them accountable. There's one thing I want to say, then I'll end. You are raising the Lord's church. We've got to watch out for these things. Because if we let it, the cyber world will pervert and prevent the growth of our children's spiritual lives.
1: That's really wise admonition, Chase. I really commend you for making it. And I hope I hope everybody who's listening, especially parents, will be listening to that. And i just stress what you said. It's your job. It's your job. You've got the job. You can't walk away from it. You've got to get the job done.
0: Chase, excellent comments tonight. Thank you very much uh, for uh, being with us tonight. And uh, and, uh, hey,
3: brother! Thank you for the opportunity.
0: And uh, thank you for the encouragement. And uh, God bless you as you uh, as you spread the word uh, to those around you. Thanks, guys.
3: You thank all
1: have to. Thank you, today. Chase. Thanks for joining us on the virtual Bible study.
0: All right, and uh, uh Nick, uh, we haven't heard from you all night. Uh, you've been listening intently. Any comments before we close?
2: I appreciate a young man like Chase that uh, uh give us good advice and help us to actually see some things of us older ones that are not familiar with.
1: Yeah, exactly right.
0: And uh, Kyle, comments from you as well. I mean, thank you. you've uh, you've been over there uh, sweating out the technical problems tonight. Uh, but uh, comments from you,
2: uh, I just think it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing. I think especially you know we hear sermons all the time from uh, the people who are <clears throat> our elders that from their experiences in the past with uh, the objects that they grew up with, TV or any kind of uh, the music and just the ways of that modern technology has influenced uh, the modern world. I guess in various ways it's just good to see a young person who is younger than myself i mean i'm 32 so it's good to see a 21 year old especially in today's world it's just standing up for what's, uh, the, what the bible says and teaches it's amen. really amen it's, to that yeah. i think you're right yeah,
1: thanks Kyle. Uh, dad uh, any final comments from you well, uh, I just, uh, it's, it's good to hear a young person say this. I mean, I, a lot of times I think those of us who are older are just sort of dismissed because we're old fogies and yeah. we, you well, know. Well, that's true, uh, but yeah, we are old, old fogies, yeah, but, right. but uh, you can't just dismiss all yeah, of this because right. it's, it's a really important spiritual truth. Right, it's absolutely important. Uh, Our kids are getting exposed to an yeah. awful lot of stuff that, that they wouldn't have been so exposed to in years gone by through this media. You're going to
0: post some of this material for us on the yeah, website at yeah. And uh, if you have questions, if you want to get in touch with Chase, uh, we can get you his contact information. Yeah, send us an email. Send us an email. And uh, send us an email with any questions or comments you might have. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. I appreciate you for joining us on the program tonight and hope you uh, make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.